Hey friend, welcome back to another episode of the NSN Shift Support Podcast. I'm your host, Megan. Thank you so much for tuning in today and joining us. First off, I want to wish a happy Nurse Practitioner Week to all the awesome NPs out there. Thank you so much for what you do for your patients. You are such an important part of the healthcare team. I love and appreciate working with you in a professional uh, setting as a nurse, but also I appreciate the work you do um, from a patient perspective. I have seen, I have, you know, primary care nurse practitioner. My GYN is a nurse practitioner. I've seen various nurse practitioners just throughout my life, and I just love and appreciate you all so much. I think you're an awesome and important part of the healthcare team, and I really hope to see all states really begin to use you to your full practice potential in the future. So just wanted to give a little shout out to all the nurse practitioners out there and just a friendly little reminder that MPs are always welcome at our NSN support group that we have every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, It is free. You can sign up via the link in the show notes. Um, But nurse practitioners, nurses, CNAs, nursing students, you all are a part of the nursing team and you all are welcome and we would love to have you. This weekend, my husband and I went and saw the Eras Tour movie. We had a little date night. Um, It was so much fun. I wore, wore my sequins top and jacket from 1989 that I wore to see the tour in Nashville. I was privileged and lucky enough to go with my sister and two of my best friends to actually see the Eras Tour um, in Nashville in May, and my husband is a Swifty. I don't know how out he wants to be, but he is a Swifty. I converted him years ago. We both listen to Taylor, me a lot more than him, but he loves Taylor. He's always down for a good Taylor um, music night or on road trips. We listen to Taylor a lot, so we went to see the movie together, so that was lots of fun. Um, the crowd was a little not the same vibe as me. They were just kind of sitting, eating their popcorn like you would watching any regular movie. But I was vibing. I was dancing. I was bringing out my tailor. Um, I'm probably on TikTok somewhere because I'm sure the people behind me were like, what is this girl doing? But it was a fun time. I kind of wish I would have stood up, but we were right in the front of the theater, so I decided not to stand up and dance, but I was definitely dancing in my chair, so it was fantastic. Also, I promise I'm going to talk about Taylor just a little more, and then we'll actually get into the podcast, but I am loving Travis and Taylor. Love V. I just think they are so cute together. Um, If you didn't see, then you probably do not have social media or any Swifty in your life. But she changed the lyrics to Karma, her last song. So usually it would say, Karma is the guy on the screen coming straight home to me. And she changed it to Karma is the guy on the Chiefs coming straight home to me. Like, everyone obviously lost their collective minds. Both people actually in Argentina at the concert and, you know, every other Swifty out there. Um, It was so cute. Her dad was, like, recording Travis and, like, Taylor's dad, Scott, and, like, kind of, like, gave him a little, like, arm punch and was just, like, so excited. 
and Travis literally was like covering his like eyes, like covered his face and was like blushing and it was just precious. So um, I'm loving it. I'm living here for it. I'll save you any more Taylor talk, but I'm here for it. I love it. If you're a fellow Swifty, let me know. Send me a DM on Instagram. Let's connect. Let's chat some Taylor. But that's all I will force you through for now. I'm sure there's more Taylor conversation in the future. But today we are going to be ex- today we are going to be discussing my experience working in long-term care as a nurse. So I think this is just important to talk about overall because I think we need to learn and hear from nurses that work in all areas of nursing and kind of step outside of the small little boxes that a lot of us have worked in or we're exposed to through social media, etc. And I also think they get a really bad rap. And the people that give them the worst rap are probably people, rap, rep. I think it's rep. You know what I'm saying. The people that tend to be the harshest are people who've never worked it. So I just want to kind of share my experience. I'm going to tell you the good, the bad, the ugly. Let you know what a typical day looked like. Let you know what I was doing. Because I just think it's an important thing to learn. And I think it will probably give you a lot of empathy. And... So let's get into it. So let me go ahead and start by saying long-term care, just like every other area of healthcare, the hospitals, outpatient, insurance, whatever, is a broken system that honestly needs to be burnt to the ground and built back up. The ratios are just horrid. The conditions can be horrid. You lack resources. You lack support. Like, there's a lot of issues in long-term care. But I started out as an LPN, a licensed practical nurse, four years before becoming an RN. I worked in a skilled nursing facility, or a SNF, you may hear it called, um, aka that's basically a nursing home, for three years on the transitional care unit, TCU. Um, So basically that is a rehab unit. People are there for physical therapy, occupational therapy, speech therapy therapy and they're kind of at the place where they need a little bit more help a little more skilled care so they can't necessarily go home and have therapy just come a few days a week they need intensive therapy like every day for hours a day they need 24 7 nursing care cna care all of that um we also had people that had maybe long-term infections that needed long-term antibiotics that were coming in with pick lines our patient population was a lot of strokes um people that had had knee shoulder replacements that were there for therapy, long-term infections, um, you know, MIs that if they had to be like in the ICU for an extended period of time and had weakness. So pretty much anything long, you had to be in the hospital at least three days and then you would come to us. And I worked night shifts, 7P to 7A, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, because I knew I wanted to go back to school to get my RN. So I took About a year off, I guess. Yeah, about a year off just to get my bearings as a new nurse working as an LPN. And I went went back to school full-time to receive my associate of science degree because I knew I wanted to get both my RN and my BSN. So that was my full 60 credit hours of all the prerequisites I needed for my bachelor's. And then I entered an LPN to RN program. 
And after I got that first degree and I entered the LPN to RN program, and I was back in full-fledged nursing school where I was, you know, in class and clinical all day, Monday through Thursday, some Fridays, all that kind of, you know, studying all weekend. I cut back to PRN and I would just work shifts as I could pick up. I usually tried to work every Friday, at least an eight-hour shift, and then I would work, you know, Saturday and Sunday, depending on how my school week was looking. So a little bit of background of what the unit looked like. It was a 21-bed unit, and there was only one nurse, me, or whoever else was working. But let me say that one more time. 21 beds, one nurse. Uh, we had two CNAs until 11, and then we only had one from 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. So at night, it was one CNA and me for 21 patients. And as the nurse, I had to pass meds to all these patients. I had to check their blood sugars because the CNAs weren't able to check blood sugars. I covered blood sugars, you know, gave them insulin. And then we also didn't have a respiratory therapist. So I was also doing breathing treatments. If I had a trach patient, I was doing trach care. I was doing tube feeds. I was doing dressing change and wound care. Every Sunday night, I would have to go and change everyone's oxygen tubing, breathing treatment tubing, all of that. Uh, Clean out the oxygen filters that were on the side. So it was a lot. I mean, I was doing so much. Honestly, when I look back, I just can't believe that I made it through, honestly. Uh, And when I look back, I just can't believe, honestly, that I like made it through and that I was able to care for that many patients. Because now in the hospital, you know, a med pass sometimes for five patients can take me three hours. And I was passing meds to 21 patients. Not quite in that time, but about that time. So it's just really is shocking to me to look back on. And then I also had to chart on all 21 patients and paper chart. So the level of responsibility, the level of just the amount of work that you had to do as one nurse, it's just really absurd. And the fact that legally you can take up to 44 patients in long-term care. And I'll hear people say like, oh, well, it's easier, quote unquote, just passing meds. But I'm here to tell you, you were not just passing meds. There is so much that happens as a long-term nurse, uh, care nurse. And I really just, I don't like when nurses say that because they're belittling themselves and they're just... I don't feel like they're grasping the level of responsibility that they have. Even just passing meds to 44 people is terrifying. Passing meds is a very serious thing, and you can literally kill people when you're passing meds. Like, it is a big responsibility, and it's one that should be taken really seriously, and one that they should never place 44 people on one person. It's just absurd. But... Let's talk about what a typical shift would look like. So I would go in and get report. I would do a med pass to all my patients. Pretty much every single patient had a 9 or 10 o'clock meds. Um, A lot of people had breathing treatments. I was doing med passes. I had to check everyone's sugar. I had to cover everybody with insulin that needed insulin. Of course, you also have people needing to go to the bathroom, wanting to get ready for bed. And you only have two CNAs. 
the CNAs at night, I think, had 12 people. So they couldn't necessarily get everybody taken care of in a timely manner. So you're having to help with that. Um, You know, I would try to leave dressing changes until later. But, of course, it's kind of hard to go in in the middle of the night and wake people up to do dressing changes. Uh, You were starting tube feeds. It was just like, it was a lot. And then because I was on a short stay unit, I would get admissions a lot of times at night. Usually they would come between 7 and 11, so those patients that you're discharging to rehab from the hospital, they're going to get in transport and they would come to me. And so, you know, EMS would come, drop them off. I have to get them settled into the room. I have to check their vitals. I have to do a head-to-toe assessment. I have to do a skin check. If they have wounds, I need to pull back dressings, see what's going on, possibly change dressings. And then I would have to call the on-call provider because there is no in-house provider at night I would have to call them and give them a you know SBAR report on why the patient been in the hospital a brief synopsis on them because this is an on-call provider so most likely they may not even work at our facility um it was a big practice so they might work at our facility they probably don't work at our facility they're not going to have any clue who you're calling about they can't look at the computer at that time at least like they can in the hospital when you call them. So I have to give them a full kind of rundown on the patient, let them know their allergies, read off every single medication that they have, go over any, you know, pertinent orders that I need. And then I would have to handwrite all of that onto a MAR, um, Medication Administration Record. We had paper MARS at that time. And then fax it to the pharmacy. And the pharmacy would send the meds via a courier that day that night and if I needed any meds urgently then we did have a supply of meds that I could pull from but honestly it was pain in the butt so you were always really hoping that the hospital nurse was kind enough to medicate your patient before they sent you to rehab so when I was a nurse on the floor in the hospital if I was on night shift and I had someone going to rehab I would always unless it was something that really couldn't be given early I would try to go ahead and give them all their nighttime meds, you know, up until like 10 o'clock before they left because I knew by the time they got there, by the time they got their meds, they would be waiting for a while. The patient would be frustrated. I knew how much that was like extra work that was adding to the nurse. Um, And then, you know, we had multiple pages of paperwork that we had to do on admissions. Uh, You had to get, you know, the medications in order, get papers signed by them. It was... I mean, it was a lot. And you're having to do the submission on top of passing meds to the 21 patients, on top of bathroom breaks and all those call lights and all those fun things, on top of checking blood sugars and doing breathing treatments. And so that just kind of paints a picture of how busy you were in the first few hours of your shift. Usually after that, then you were doing more PRN meds. Of course, I was dealing with a lot of post-op patients, so I gave a lot of pain meds throughout the night people hurting um you know giving ice packs helping people to the bathroom i would try to chart you know during those kind of middle hours you would have people with like 2 a.m breathing treatments antibiotics that kind of thing um but i mean you were busy that whole shift and then of course you have people just like in the hospital with dementia sundowning that maybe are trying to get out of bed bed alarms are going off they're confused so that adds a whole nother 
level two trying to get through your shift. And then you would do another med pass around 6 a.m., much like the hospital. Your Synthroids, your morning antibiotics, um, protonics, all those type of things. And, you know, throughout the shift as well, you have people that, you know, go into respiratory distress, start having chest pain, fall and really injure themselves. So you might be calling the doctor for orders. You might be calling 911 to send them to the hospital. It really was a lot. Um, So that is what really bothers me about lack of respect for long-term care workers. It's just how much work they are doing and just the poor conditions that they're forced to work in. Um, You know, you don't always have supplies like you have in the hospital. You don't have a provider that's in-house like you usually would have in the hospital. There's just a lack of support, especially working night shift on the weekends. I think that's about as little support as you can get because, as you know, a lot of times on weekends, there's you're always short-staffed. There's never management in the building. It was trial by fire, that's for sure. Baptism by fire, is that what we say? Um, also, to throw in there, I received four days of orientation. I had just turned 22, just graduated with my LPN. And this was really like my first like career type job. And they gave me four days of orientation and then they left me on my own. So I am so thankful to one of the nurses that I worked with, Kevin. Shout out to him. He had been a nurse for a while and he just really like, he saved me more than once. He was always there when I had questions. He never made me feel dumb. He would even just know that I was drowning and he would just come down and help. He would start doing paperwork. He would start passing meds. He'd answer some call lights. Like he was just so helpful. And I really, I would not have stayed in that job if it wasn't for him. So that is one of the reasons I always try to go out of my way to be kind to the new nurses, to support the new nurses, CNAs, whoever, because I know how difficult it really can be when you first start a job. And that job really just ingrained that in me. But I will say I learned so much in that job. Like I had got trach experience. I was changing pick lines. I was doing so many hands-on skills that when I did go to the hospital, I really had a good solid skill set. I hadn't done a lot of IVs or, you know, giving other than like antibiotics and some fluid and some fluids. But, um... It really set me up, you know, I mean, I've honestly worked with a lot of nurses, especially if I like float, that maybe if we get a trach patient and that's not usual for that floor, they have no clue what to do. But thankfully, I've done a lot of trach care. You know, we changed cannulas, we changed neckties, we did all that. And honestly, now I haven't done it in a while, so it always makes me a little nervous. But like I did get that experience. I've done breathing treatments. So during COVID, when things were just so mass chaos and you might not see a respiratory therapist for hours. I felt comfortable doing all that. So it was a very good experience. And I will tell you, I worked with some of the most amazing nurses in long-term care. Obviously, you got your bad apples. And that's everywhere. I can tell you about nurses that really shouldn't have been working as a nurse in the hospital as well. So when people act like it's only long-term care, not true. But... I worked with some of those amazing nurses that were had such amazing time management. 
and were extremely skilled and had great assessment skills and they just I'm so thankful to them and I'll always think fondly of them and I'm so appreciative of all they taught me to help me become the nurse I am today and honestly there was really good parts to working in long-term care too I loved getting to know people you know and the short-term unit, they could stay up to 100 days, so I had some of them for months. So I really got to know them. I got to know their families. Uh, I did work on the long-term side some after I went to nursing school. And also just, you know, those residents were there, and I was going down and, you know, helping other nurses and things. So I got to know all of them. They'd be rolling past my nurse's station on their way to breakfast in the morning. And you just form such a special bond with those residents, and it's something you don't necessarily get to experience in the hospital, except when you rarely have patients that stay longer. And like I said, I got great experience with my skills and assessment skills, and I really just had some awesome coworkers for a while. I loved, absolutely loved the night shift weekend crew. We all got along so well. We all helped each other. I enjoy getting to go and see them for work. And so I'm just really thankful for the experience of working in long-term care. I think it provided me with a lot of empathy for other nurses. It taught me a lot of skills. It made me appreciate the jobs I have had after working in long-term care. But I just really want to remind you that the problems in long-term care are not all the people working there. Obviously, some of them not the best, and you find that everywhere. That's just an unfortunate fact of life. But for the most part, they're just really set up. I don't want to say for failure, but they are not set up for success. And they are doing so much, and for the most part, they all really, truly care about their residents. They love those residents. They love their patients. Um. And by the way, I should have clarified this earlier, but resident is just what you call like someone that lives in like the nursing home part of a skilled nursing facility. They usually call them residents because they live there. Um, but the patients, the residents, they just, they love them. They care for them. You know, I had residents that would, you know, if they needed clothes, because um, the facility I worked at, the long curtains the long-term side, a lot of them didn't have a lot of money. So they would, you know, buy them blankets for Christmas. They would go and find them clothes if they needed it. They would go and buy them special soaps and everything so they could, like, smell good and just be all sussed up and happy during their baths. So it was just, it was a good experience. And I do miss some of the people I worked with, and I do miss some of the patients I've worked with. But I can honestly say I could not go back to pushing a med cart. I just, I don't think I have it in me. I don't, like, even just working one shift at a skilled nursing facility just gives me so much anxiety to think about. I really don't know how I made it through. But I am appreciative of all I learned, and I'm so appreciative of the people that do do it. Because it is a big need. We need nurses that care in the nursing homes, caring for our elderly. We need CNAs that care. And they are doing hard, hard work, and they deserve much more money, much better ratios, much better working conditions. So that 
kind of sums up my experience working in long-term care. If you have any questions, I'd be happy to answer them. If you've worked in long-term care, I'd love to talk to you about your experience. Or if you work there now, um, definitely send me a message on Instagram. Like I said before, would love to chat with you. But thank you, thank you, thank you to all the awesome long-term care nurses, CNAs, nurse practitioners, doctors, whatever you are, um, even dietary staff, housekeeping, anyone that works in long-term care. Thank you, thank you, thank you for what you do. It is a thankless job a lot of times but you are awesome. You're doing awesome work. I know your residents love and appreciate you. And to the awesome members of the NSN Shift Support Podcast community, thank you so much for tuning in, for listening to an episode, for supporting this podcast. It really means the world to me. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would love if you shared it with a friend, a fellow co-worker, a family member that you think would enjoy it. That really helps the podcast to grow. It helps us to support more nurses, nursing students, MPs, and CNAs, which is the whole goal of this podcast in the NSN community. And thank you again so much for tuning in. I hope you have a great weekend, and I will see you next week. Bye.